Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. You know, it's our special privilege today to have uh, Jim and Bonnie DeHart with us. And, you know, each week we usually talk about um, your tithes and what they do, your tithes and offerings. And, and what we do with the money that you guys provide each week is we take 10% of that, and that goes into missions. And these folks are ones that we've supported as a church really since 2006, before they even went to Guatemala. They started in Guatemala in 2009. And we were supporting them and have faithfully done that all through these years. So you're going to see what you have done, what your first fruits that you have given back to the Lord has provided. Um, They're going to share some things. We also, for some of you who have not been here as long, in 2012, we completed a church in Campesino that they did down there. So what we want to do is give a great big cornerstone welcome to Jim and Bonnie DeHart. Praise the Lord. Anybody in here in love with Jesus? Just checking. It is such a privilege to be here. We haven't been anywhere in a couple of years. Have you guys missed getting together? I mean, it's been weird, right? But there's no distance in God. And He can reach us where we are and give us wisdom for how to proceed even in the toughest situations and the hardest times that you might want to go through. We get through it. Amen? So we are in Guatemala. If you don't know where that is, just go through Mexico and keep going. You'll find us. We're Central America, right next to Belize, Salvador, Honduras. And we've been down there since 2009, as as, uh, Brother Gary was saying. And our heart is for the village because in Guatemala we have what they call departments. That's like a state, and we have 22 of them. We're in the big one, Patan. It's one-third of the country. It's the biggest one. We have 5% of the population. We're the lowland jungle area, and what we primarily have are villages. Now, uh, anybody here speak Spanish? Don't tell me, Okay, uh, we have 25 languages in Guatemala. 22 of them are Mayan languages. So in Patan, where we live, is predominantly the Quechua people, and so they don't say "Buenos días, cómo está." They say "Cabanu masalacho." It's a completely. It was there before the Spaniards showed up. It's not a Spanish dialect, it's, it's just a different mind language. And when you talk about indigenous people here in the U.S., you think of an Indian reservation in Arizona or something like that. But in Guatemala, the indigenous are 60% of the population. But they're typically not in town, they're out in these villages. And there's a completely different world between the Spanish and the Mayan culture. The Spanish culture is predominantly either Catholic or Pentecostal or something, The Mayan culture is animistic. These are the people who worship a lot of gods that spend their time trying to appease spirits so they won't hurt them. And they have a lot of ritual and witchcraft and and things like that. And so our heart is for the village. These places that are remote and they're they're just out in the jungle, uh, away from town. And you guys built a church in one of those villages, Central Campesino. And uh, so we we sponsor uh, pastors monthly in the villages. We coordinate and cooperate with with village pastors to plant churches in villages that don't have any churches. Now, you can get catchy people to accept Jesus really easily because they have a long list of gods, okay? 
But when, when they finally get the realization that there is one God, and there is a Savior, and He loves them, and the Savior came and gave His life for them, not just to forgive them, but also to deliver them from the evil one. That's what they live in fear of. And, you know, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. Okay? So they understand that Jesus is more powerful than the enemy. Amen? Amen. So we, we work with a lot of things to try to reach villages. We, we do a lot of things. We, we are involved in education. Uh, we, we're scholarshipping 20 students this year for secondary education. We're involved in the Kekchi Bible Institute. We're on the board and teach some of the classes. I've I got to tell you a quick funny story about the Bible school. It's also a working farm. And some years ago, they had a couple hundred chickens. And right next to the farm, there is a village and it has some witches in it. And one of them got mad and put a curse on the farm. All the chickens quit laying. And the, the, the missionary that started the Bible school, his, his name is also Jimmy, okay? And, uh, but he was telling the students when they were explaining, well, the witch put a curse on the farm. He said, oh, you know, there's lunar cycles, changes in the weather. And he was giving all kinds of reasons why this wasn't witchcraft. But after two weeks with no eggs, he said, you know, there might be something going on here that my Bible school didn't prepare me for. <laughs> so he and the students went out and laid hands and prayed for 200 chickens. And the next morning, they had 221 eggs. <laughs> and very shortly after that, they added a course to the curriculum at the Bible school on the Holy Spirit. And he told me, he said, can you teach this class? We were taught that the Holy Spirit had two jobs. He convicts sinners and he regenerates the believer. But I want these students to learn to trust the Holy Spirit Amen. to do ministry. So we teach some of the classes and we do this because we're sending the graduates out to plant churches in villages where they have no, no churches. They've not heard the gospel. Or if they have heard it, it's been kind of uh, syncretized with Mayan ritual. Okay? And they need to be set free from the bondage of that. Amen? One village is called Sabur. We're almost finished building a church there right now. And a couple of years ago, Jimmy and I drove out there. I've got a little Nissan Xterra. It's a black SUV, small SUV. And the rumor got started that the pastor was involved with the narco traffickers because they thought we, we were narcos because they'd never seen a car in the village there. And, and, I mean, the story just grew, too. I mean, all of a sudden, we're wearing guns and we're armed and all kinds of stuff. So we had to have a talk with the leaders and explain we're not narcos. We're missionaries. It's a different job. Uh, we hope. <laughs> but you know, the power of God's Word, when the Holy Spirit makes it alive, changes lives. Bonnie and I got asked to pray for a guy in a village called La Nueva Cisotul, and they said, he just got body ache from head to toe, and he can't work, he can't even be out of bed for more than about 20 minutes, and he's been to the doctors, they couldn't help him, could you come pray for him? So I said, well, what doctors did he see? They said, well, he went to the regional hospital, the government hospital, and they, they didn't help him at all. I said, but you said more than one doctor. You said doctors. Who else did he see? Well, he'd been to the local witch doctor because that's what they do. In this village, they had done what we call literacy evangelism. They didn't know how to read and write, so they taught them to read and write in their own language and then gave them a Bible that Wycliffe had done for Ketchi. 
And that was their practice, to learn to read and write, is reading the Bible. So every family in this village had a Bible. So we said, bring that Bible. We're going to open it to Deuteronomy where it says, don't consult with a witch. And they said, no one ever told us we weren't supposed to do that. So we prayed with them and we, you know, uh, prayed with them to renounce their agreement with evil and to break generational curses. And the guy got up and went back to work. There's all kinds of stories we could share with you, and and we'd love to share as much as we can. But the point is, we're trying to reach villages, and we're trying to do that by evangelizing and sometimes by community projects. We we put a well in a village called Agua Chiquita, and uh, we bought property there so we could build a church, and we're still needing a pastor in that village, and they want a church, and they want a pastor. When you go in there and put in a water well and and a pump and, and, and plumb in cisterns around the village so they can get fresh water without walking down to the, to the mud hole. Let, let me tell you something. I was in that village and got amoebas from their water. They need fresh water. But when you do this and they realize that you're there to bless and to help and that this is not because Americans showed up, this is because God's kingdom's coming. That's where blessing is. Okay? Then they open up and say, you know, can, can you come and do a church for us? We want to know more about this God that sent you, okay? So we sometimes do medical clinics or other things to open the door to get into these villages. But that's where our heart is in in these villages. And that's how we wound up in Central Campesino with Pastor Pedro. Y'all provided all the funds to build this beautiful church. There was no church except him in this village. And we made it big enough to be a salon. In other words, it's like a community center. The whole village could come and meet in this church if they, if they had a special event because there was no salon in this village. So the church is the biggest thing in the village now. And Pastor Pedro, the reason we partner with him is because he plants churches. He's got about, he, he started his own organization uh, because he needed a legal covering for what he was doing. And he, he's raising up pastors and that's why we partner with him. He plants churches. And... and uh, Every time he's building a new church, we get a call and, and we get a solicitation from him to help put, a, put up a roof. That's what they start with is, is a covering. I think, we've done, I think we did number six in January. But he's got about ten churches now. But he's been in Campesino over 20 years. And, and uh, Bonnie asked him one day about how he met the Lord. And I'll let her share a little bit about that. Well, first of all, I want to say again to you, Happy Mother's Day. Yes. Um, I appreciate your your staff and your volunteers in the front. I I think I received like four or five Happy Mother's Day by the time I walked in, and and that's that's really sweet. I appreciate that. Um, but uh, just want to say thank you for welcoming welcoming us today, and and uh, just it feels so warm and and like home here today, and I appreciate that. But uh, Jim mentioned Pastor Pedro of Campesino and. Um, I asked him one day, I said, you know, you, were, you grew up in a Mayan home, and you were exposed to that kind of religion. I said, how did you become a Christian? And he said, well, I grew up in a Mayan home, but I always knew something was wrong. I always knew that something was missing. And I said, how did you know that? I said, did someone come and tell you? And he said, no, I just knew it by the Spirit of the Lord that something was missing. And so I began to search until I found what was missing, and I found Jesus. And so that just so inspired me 
to pray for my children and my grandchildren at the time. Lord, I pray that you help my grandchildren to always know what is right and what is wrong. Whatever situation they find themselves in, I pray that you're there by the Holy Spirit to reveal to them the truth. Because that's what happened to this man. That's an amazing story. His family practiced the Mayan rituals and the Mayan religion. But he always knew. So God is powerful in that. And um, while preparing for this morning, the Lord put on my heart to share my own experience and just how powerful to pray prophetically is. So I want to share this with you. It's a testimony of, of my experience. It's a stormy night in the fall of 2015, and I'm awake in the middle of the night. My son is suffering and broken after the painful breakup of a marriage and the separation from his young daughter. I am praying and pleading for God's mercy as I know that my son is sleeping in his car again. Window. And I look out, and it's raining buckets, and it's accompanied by thunder and lightning. I know he is cold and alone. I break into sobs and begin to beg God to somehow help my son. All of a sudden, it seems the Spirit of the Lord grabs my heart, and he arrests my attention. In the middle of my panic and begging, I hear that still, small voice. His voice calms and melts me into peace as only he can. His presence fills the room, and I begin to hear how I must have sounded to him. At that moment, God reminds me of his word. Isaiah 61.3 says, To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. Festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted in his own glory or for his own glory. That word crown in the first sentence means a coronet, a diadem. Those are symbols of royalty. So he's giving position of royalty and beauty instead of ashes. And the ashes are the ashes of grief and mourning and repentance. He also gives a joyous blessing of joy, the oil of joy instead of death. And then the, the festive praise that he gives, he gives a glad heart that's inclined to praise God in lieu of a heavy one, inclined to depression, brokenness, and despair. It's kind of hard to pray that over your children when they're in such dire straits. But within that same time frame, I'm visiting with a dear friend, and I'm telling her about my son's situation. And she simply asked me, she said, Bonnie, how are you praying about this situation? And she relates to me how I should pray prophetically and pray the word according to the future and not according to his present situation. At that moment, 
Isaiah 61.3 comes alive to me. It becomes rhema. I could see my son rising up out of the ashes of pain and depression and loss. Jim and I began to consistently pray and believe that these words over him. And as we pray, we receive more and more scriptures and that add to our prophetic prayers. For example, 1 Samuel 2.8, he lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes placing them in seats of honor for all the earth for all the earth is the lord's and he has set the world in order psalms 107:41 it says but he rescues the poor from trouble and increases their families like flocks of sheep matthew 15:13 every plant not planted by my heavenly father he will uh, will be uprooted at first nothing seemed to change our son's situation was much the same. Almost one year later, we received a phone call from him, repenting and finally asking for help. At that moment, everything changes. Within the month, he has a home, a full-time job, and a new home church. Favor meets him at every turn, and we can see him walking out of depression and bondage. His life and situation continues to improve drastically as the weeks and months pass. But God not only brings restoration and redemption, but everything is made new and better than before. Now we fast forward to the winter of 2019. He meets the girl of his dreams who could not be better suited for him. They married a year later and now... Their first, they have their first child together, which is our fourth grandchild. They are working hard, providing for their family, and they are faithful to their church. God is faithful. He is always faithful. He is always there. In his redemption and great love, he has brought healing, restoration, favor, advancement, new life into this beautiful little family. And I am forever grateful. As parents, many of you may be facing similar challenges and issues with your own family. But today I encourage you to go to the Father. Seek out answers in his word. And ask him how to pray about these situations. He is faithful and he will not only direct you in your search for answers... But he will do more than you've ever asked, dreamed of, or thought of. Isaiah 60, verse 20 through 22. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. All your people will be righteous. They will possess their land forever. For I will plant them there with my own hands in order to bring myself glory. The smallest family will become a thousand people, and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Amen? So I just encourage you with that today. Um, life is hard, and God will come through, and he is faithful. Amen?
Amen. Praise God. As Bonnie was saying, we, um, we just had our fourth grandchild and uh, got some photos. If you'll check the screen, I'm not going to make you look at baby pictures. I'm kidding. <laughs> but God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Happy Mother's Day. You know, it's 1914 when Woodrow Wilson made a presidential proclamation declaring the second Sunday of May a day to honor the mothers of our country. In Guatemala, it's always May 10th, so Tuesday will be Mother's Day down there, okay? Yeah, it's funny. We always do it on a Sunday here. Father's Day also is always on a Sunday. In, in Guatemala, it's, it's June 17th, always. So it winds up in the middle of the week sometimes, which is actually kind of neat because you'll be, you know, seeing somebody and they're saying Happy Mother's Day and you're not in church. You're just at the supermarket or wherever, you know, but um, Happy Mother's Day. Hey, have you ever seen the TV series uh, Star Trek? If you have, you're probably familiar with the a, a, a Vulcan saying, live long and prosper. Anybody? Uh, it's not that old. They still do Star Trek now. Okay, so, okay. Leonard Nimoy actually came up with that. Uh, he, he's a Jewish guy, and his, his granddad used to take him to Orthodox service, and he was very impressed with the priestly blessing. Even the hand sign, it's, it symbolizes the Hebrew letter Shin for Shalom. And so, live long and prosper. That was not originally a Vulcan blessing. It was a Hebrew one. Okay? In fact, we, we read in, in Deuteronomy 5, verse 6, this is the Living Bible. It says, Honor your father and mother. Remember, this is a commandment of the Lord your God. If you do so, you shall live, you shall have a long and prosperous life in the land he is giving you. So, honor your father and mother that you may live long and prosper. Okay, so the command of God is to honor our parents, not just jointly, but individually. So ladies, this is your day, and God loves his handmaidens. Uh, women were part of the 120 on the, on the day of Pentecost in the upper room. They were there. Uh, they supported the ministry of Jesus. Uh, according, according to uh, Philippians 4.3, they worked with Paul, laboring in the gospel to preach the good news. Uh, they were the first to be sent out to proclaim the resurrection of Jesus. Okay, and there's a long list of women in prophetic ministry. Okay, so but this isn't just uh, Woman's Day; this is Mother's Day. So if we go all the way back to the beginning, we can get a little bit of insight to this mystery we call Mom. Okay, because God looked at Adam and said, "The boy needs some help." <laughs> That's what He said. <laughs> So he took a rib and he made a woman and he brought her to Adam and Adam just said, wow. Okay? And we're told in Genesis 3.20 that Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. It's, It's kind of interesting to think about the fact that she wasn't initially named. She was the woman. Adam said, the woman you gave me. Okay, up and up until the kids came along. That's who she was. But then it says that when she, you know, had children, he named her Eve. Okay, up until then, she was Adam's woman. But after that, she became Cain, Abel, and Seth's mom. Okay, he was... No, no don't get me wrong. She was already an individual. She, she had her own ideas. She made decisions by herself. But up until that moment, she was Adam's woman. But then she became more than that. And her identity changed. So guys, you may think you know that girl you're falling in love with or that you married, but until the kids come along, you don't have a clue. 
Okay? Her identity changed when she, she became a mother. Okay? And I want to look at a couple of biblical examples. She was still Adam's woman, but she was more than that. I want to look at some biblical examples of the influence of mothers, not just on their children, but on society and on their nation. And the first one I'm going to look at, uh, we actually read about in a passage in Hebrews 11, because there was a choice and an action that a mother had made that actually changed and impacted generations. So we read beginning in verse 23 that by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Now it says his parents hid him, but if you go back to Exodus chapter 2, it makes it clear this was primarily his mother's actions. By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Now, Jochebed was an Israelite woman who gave birth to Moses while, while the nation of Israel was subject to slavery in Egypt. And at a time when male babies were subject uh, to a sentence of death, because Pharaoh called the midwives in and said, I want you to take any male child that's born and kill it. They were afraid that the Israelites were multiplying so much they would take over the country. He said, we've got to stop them. So he told the midwives to kill the babies. And they didn't do it. So then he made a national decree to the whole population of Egypt. If you find a male infant, throw it in the Nile River. That's a horrible situation. And yet, Jochebed's faith amid these distressing situations just stands out as a testimony to us. The Scriptures tell us that in Exodus 2 that he was a beautiful baby. And in Acts chapter 7 we read that God, he was, he was well-pleasing to God. So there's something very unique about Moses. And yet, according to the law, he was to be executed. And going against the king's command would have been a certain death for Jochebed. Hebrews eleven twenty three says, By faith she hid him for three months. I want you to understand that this action set the course of Moses' life. It set the course of his life within the Egyptian community and his eventual leading Israel out of slavery. And then by God's miraculous design, after Jochebed had hid him in the basket in the river where he was uh, coincidentally found by Pharaoh's daughter, she's asked to be his wet nurse. Now, during this time, Jochebed passed her trust in God onto her son. That may seem a little bit speculative, but we read that it was by faith that Moses refused to be called Pharaoh's daughter's son. It was by faith that he left Egypt, not fearing the anger of the king. So during this time, she imparts her faith to her son. He didn't learn that in Pharaoh's house. He learned that from his mother. Now, Jochebed's decision to follow her faith, the faith of her ancestors, the faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, impacted her son who later led Israel out of Egypt. This is an example. This is an example, whether it's, you know, for mothers, whether you're biological, whether you're adoptive, or whether you're called to be a spiritual mom discipling others in the Lord. This is an example of how quiet faithfulness 
can impact generations. Amen? In 1865, William Ross Wallace published a poem that says, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle is the hand that rules the world. Moms, you're that important to this nation, to this world, to us. At any stage, at any age. Our son was in his 30s when he crawled out for help and mom and dad were there. Because you don't ever lose that position, that title, that responsibility. But the impact of her faithfulness to say, I'm going to do what God says and I'm going to make sure my son gets an impartation of truth so that he's raised up in the way that he should go. So that when he's old, he won't depart from it. That's our call. Amen? And we have the opportunity to impart our faith to others, which can potentially impact generations. Amen? I want to look at another example in Judges, chapters 4 and 5. In chapter 4, it's the story of Deborah. In chapter 5, it's the song of Deborah. And Deborah was a woman who judged Israel for 40 years. And in this period of time, judges were more than just uh, making decisions and, and guiding the nation. They were deliverers. That's why God raised up Samson. That's why God raised up Gideon. And when God responded to the cries of Israel, at this time he raised Deborah. And in Judges 5, verses 6 and 7, it says, In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted, and the travelers walked along the byways, Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. So this is God's response to the cries of Israel, raising up this woman named Deborah. And she's a mother. And mothers have a very strong, a very tender, a very devoted love, okay? And there's a little bit of survival. Was anybody go camping or hunting or? Come on, this is Georgia. Okay. There's a little bit of survival wisdom when you're in the woods or in the mountains out in the wild that says avoid bears, if possible. But if you run across one and it's a mom, do not get between her and her cubs. Do not get between a mother bear and her cubs. Do not come after my kids. I'm not going to be responsible for what Bonnie does. Don't go after my daughter-in-law especially. And if anybody, you know, if God puts anybody on her heart to take under her wing, leave them alone. Because the mommy instinct will kick in. Okay? Mothers are protective. And when God needed a deliverer for Israel, he found someone who was a poet, someone who was a prophetess, someone who was a songwriter, and someone who had already had the hardest job on earth. He raised up a mother and said, you deliver my nation. Now, let me tell you something. She didn't become an Amazon. She didn't lose her feminine traits. She didn't replace the fierce warriors. But she did go up to battle with the army. Okay? But her mission was to inspire and to encourage. And it is an exceptional lady that encourages her husband and her sons in the dangerous duties of war. But she was the one who inspired. Her mission also was to sing the praises for God because of victory. So this is what Deborah was. You know, my mom was so amazing. My mom could heal anything from a scraped knee to a broken heart with just a kiss. She had a lap that must have been able to hold all three of us kids. I I don't know how she did it. She must have had 
six hands and three pairs of eyes because she could handle all of us, kept an eye on all of us. And I don't have a clue what the chemical composition of her spit was, but she could clean anything off my face by licking her thumb. My mom passed several years ago, and my brother and I, we, <laughs> we both spoke at her service. And I guess one of the good things about him speaking first, you know, sibling rivalry being what it is, he couldn't rebut any of my statements afterwards, you know. But I got to say, I had a little bit of a mental block while trying to think of what to say at her funeral because it was really impossible to sum up in just a few words everything mom meant to me because so much of what she did shaped my life. So I finally decided maybe the best thing to do is just to give an example of something that happened when I was just a boy. I always loved to swim. I actually don't remember ever not knowing how to swim. It just kind of came natural to me. I was three and four years old, and I would go off the high dive at the public swimming pool. And the lifeguard would blow his whistle and tell me to get down, and I'd yell at him, My mama said I could! And she's down there on the sidewalk. He's fine. Let him go. (laughs) I'd jump off, swim over to the side, get up. And all the big kids would just get out of the way and let me go straight to the ladder because I was so little. They wanted to watch me jump, you know. But my mom put confidence in my heart. And I've realized over the years that some of the things I've accomplished in life and the challenges I've gotten through is because somewhere I could still hear her voice of encouragement being spoken to me. She really did place within me the thought that I could do more than I or others thought possible. And sometimes when facing some of the challenges and the things, you know, when the devil comes and says things are hopeless and you can't get through this, I still hear myself inside saying, my mama said I could. If you believe in someone and you impart that confidence to their heart, you encourage them to fulfill their life's calling and in their life's endeavors. Moms know their kids' potential. And they will encourage them to pursue God's plan for their life and to achieve whatever it is that he's got for them. And let me tell you something. You can encourage your kids also to be not reckless but bold. Because sometimes we are so so precise in how we want to raise our kids, they become a little bit paranoid of making a mistake. When they learn that you love them, even when they make mistakes... It encourages them to try things that they might fail at. Did you know God does that to us? Did you know that? God is in partnership with us. And even when we're wrong sometimes, He'll still back us up. Did you know know that? I can prove it to you. Peter was asked about paying the temple tax, and he said, yeah, yeah, my Lord pays the temple tax. And Jesus called him aside and said, Peter... uh, i got to talk to you about this because I don't owe that tax. Nevertheless, since you said I would pay it and we don't want to offend them, go catch a fish and find a coin in its mouth and pay the tax. Jesus paid the tax he didn't owe because Peter said he would. Peter was wrong, and the Lord still backed him up. See, when kids know that they can make a mistake and you're still with them, it encourages them to be bold to try things. And my mom put confidence in me to try things. I was on the swim team in high school, and I was a late bloomer. 
Okay? My wife saw a picture of the swim team, and she looked at me because I was, I was tiny. My mom was about five foot nothing. Okay? And my dad was almost 6'6". Six, six. I'm the only guy in my family that wasn't at least 6'4". I got all the short jeans. I don't mean cutoffs. I mean... So my wife saw this picture of me and the swim team, and she looked at me and said, Oh, were you the mascot? <laughs> no. Actually, I swam distance. <laughs> but being so little, it was very intimidating to try things. But my mom gave me confidence, and I would try things. Okay? But moms know their potential, the kids' potentials. and incur- I think that's probably why Mary, at the wedding in Canaan of Galilee, when they ran out of wine, talked to Jesus. She knew his potential. And then she told the servants, whatever he says, do it. That's a mom that's got confidence in her son. Now, I realize that's setting the bar kind of high. But when kids see your confidence in them, they will attempt what they have potential to do. Okay? Uh, I owe my mom a debt of gratitude for believing in me, for encouraging me, for, trust, for teaching me to trust God's guidance for my life, for being an example of righteousness and of love and of faithfulness. And my mom was always proud of her, her boys, and I'm sure each of us thought we were her favorite. And that's okay, I know it was me. I just want to read a couple of passages of Scripture, kind of in closing, Pastor. I want to read the love passage out of 1 Corinthians 13, but I'm going to substitute mom. And it would read, mom is patient with me. Mom is kind. Mom is not jealous. Mom doesn't promote herself. Mom doesn't think of her own self. Mom doesn't seek her own. Mom is not easily angered. Mom doesn't think badly of me. Mom is sad when I do wrong, but mom is happy when I tell the truth. Mom bears with me. Mom hopes with me. Mom suffers trials with me. Mom never fails me. There is no substitute for moms in society. I don't care if they pass a constitutional amendment to the contrary. Moms are divinely ordained and their place in the family structure to nurture, support, and help raise kids to their fullest. And that's a huge job. But all it takes is for your heart to open and let the love that God put in it pour out. Because love never fails. Which is why moms never fail. In Proverbs 31, it's actually an acrostic. It's the passage of a virtuous woman. And every Hebrew boy knew what to look for. And for two reasons. One, they, they knew from their mom what to look for. You ever notice you marry your mother, you marry your father? You, you find those good traits and you say, yeah, that, that's right, that's right. But it was an acrostic, you know, A, B, C is the, the alphabet, each verse starting with a new letter. Every Hebrew boy knew what a virtuous woman looked like. And so they knew this verse, verse 28, about a virtuous woman, that her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. So today is the day that we praise moms. Thank you for what you do. We bless you in Jesus' name.
Wasn't that great? So uh, these two guys, uh, yeah, give them a hand. <clears throat> they have been, uh, they've been a part of our family for so many years, and uh, we were, Gary and I was talking before church cranked up how long it's actually been, and it's funny how you know you forget how long you've been in partnership with people and, and what you've been able to accomplish together. And the beauty of the gospel is, um, is what you heard today is you got to hear the, the series that we're in, The Armor of God, a visual representation of the gospel of peace. The, the absolute gospel of Jesus Christ being proclaimed in a region where many of you will never set foot. Maybe we can take some of you over there soon. We're hoping they're, they're a little different. You know, you think we've been shut down. You know, it's been, it's been difficult getting in and out, and um, we're still not, you know, trying to navigate some of that stuff uh, over there. But we're trying to work it out so we can go over and be a part. He said it's been, since we built the church, we haven't been over there since that church was built, right? Celebration service was then, but we haven't been back since. And so... Uh, the people there, they love you guys so much, and um, Jim tells me all the time how much, how grateful they are for what you've done and been a part of, and I know sometimes we forget this. Um, you just heard a wonderful message about mothers, a testimony from Bonnie, and thank you for you guys opening up and being so open and sharing your family with us like that. I know so many times in ministry, like, people think you, that we have all the answers, and we're giving you God's word, but we walk through life just like everyone else does, and Many times it's different because you're in front of people, and so it's a lot easier to see stuff and to say, oh, yeah, well, look what you got dealing with. Well, that's just normal, and I just appreciate you guys being willing to share that with us, and, and hopefully I encourage you to see that don't ever give up on your kids. Don't ever give up on your children. No matter how old they are, no matter where you're at in life, maybe, you know, they're, they got their own kids now. It doesn't matter. Don't ever give up on your children. Uh, just keep praying. And as Bonnie was saying, prophetically speaking, the truth over them, the future, and declaring things over their lives. Don't ever give up on them, though. But um, your partnership in the gospel has gone forward, and over all these years, um, they are now, what they didn't get to share with you much of, but their home over in Guatemala, that's their home. They aren't uh, stateside um, and going back and forth. They're not like a future coming back to the states, and all those Texas may draw him in. I don't know that... Fajitas and barbecue might be a big, uh, big lure, but they're from Texas. But um, their homes in Guatemala, they built a home. They're, they plan on spending their lives there. They do not plan on moving back. Um, they plan on giving their hearts and their lives to, to this region. And I just want you to hear that because for your support in the gospel and your partnership in the gospel, maybe you can't go, but these, these folks right here, you guys are sending them. And I'm asking you to pray for them. That maybe what God has done in the past, what if God would reach out and we could do even more? You know, and through the multiplication and church planning, what if we could do more in that region? And then, you know, we take you over there one day and you get to see all the families that are born again. And salvations have taken place from a culture that is very rooted in, in, in things that we take for granted here. I mean, most of us take for granted. We have a religious area that we live in. But when you hear those words that... What he was talking about, witch doctors. Most people in our culture around here, they're not messing with witch doctors. Most people go like, that's weird, but not in other cultures. That's just perfectly normal in some places. It's because you've had such a concentration of the word of God imparted into you in this nation that you think things like that are foreign. That's because of God's word. So today, I just want to share that with you as you pray for them. I'd like to do uh, something here I'm going to do something a little bit different, and I'm going to pray for 
um, um, pray for everybody here before we go. But I just know I felt like maybe um, if you're here with your family, I know that some of you, maybe your mom's like Jim was sharing. You know, maybe your mom's already gone on to be with the Lord. And I know that might be a little bit tough. But, you know, when that happens, there's something that takes place when a, when a parent um, goes on to be with the Lord. You know, you start picking up certain things that you realize, well, man, I guess I got to step up in a different way. And so right now, whether your mom has gone on to be with the Lord or she's not with you today or you're just in this room and you're a new mom or it doesn't matter what it is, but if you're in this room right now, what I'd love to do is pray for you. And I'm not asking you to be um, <clears throat> long in all this, but I'm going to ask you to stand your feet with me if you don't mind. And uh, specifically, if you have your family with you, if you could get next to them, um, if your family is with you, like your mother's in the room or grandmama's in the room or somebody's in the room right there, if she's not, then um, it's okay. I don't want you to be, uh, um, you know, so I've been in these situations before, so I'm trying to not make it like, you know, well, my mom's not here. Or my, I, I understand that. I get it. But sometimes, you know, you got to, we can't not do something either just because it makes some of us, you know, like, well, what do we do next? You know, kind of thing. I just, just take a moment. If she's not here, it's okay. But if you have a family member that's here, your mom's here, uh, uh, a mom, what do you call it? Like a, a mom in love. That's, I think, what we call it. And, um, or maybe a spiritual mom. It doesn't matter to me. But um, if they're right next to you right now, I just want you to just kind of just lay your hand on their their back right there. Yeah, go over there with your mama, girl. What are you waiting on? Like, give enough a hint. My family's like, well, is he talking about me? I don't know. My goodness. I got the microphone. My kid's like, oh, my gosh, Dad. Please don't ever call me out. I will. I'll just... My other one's in the back. Oh, okay. She's back here with Shirley. Okay, good. All right. That'll work. But here's what I do. I just want you to take a moment. That, that's your parents. That's your spiritual connection in some way or another. Here's what I'd love for you to do. If they're not here right now, maybe the Lord might be speaking to you to be a spiritual mama to somebody. Maybe. Maybe you're a Deborah and don't even know it yet. Thank God, because if it weren't for spiritual Deborahs in the house, where would any of us be? Sometimes we don't step up like we should. So God speaks and says, I need you to step into something different right now. So I'm going to pray for you. Just right now, just lay your hands on their back. Lay just, just whatever you want. To, I just want to speak a blessing over them. And just, would you just take a moment? Maybe you haven't even hugged your mother today. You ain't thought about it. You know, like she's so busy with stuff and all that kind of. Just take a moment and stop. And I just want to pray over her. And you just agree with me in prayer in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you so much for every mother, every grandmother in the room. Lord, I thank you for all that they have done for us. Lord, if they're not here right now, I just thank you right now that you bless memories, good memories. I thank you for spiritual mothers. Maybe they don't have a mom in the room, but maybe they have a spiritual mother in their life. Lord, we just speak over them right now and just declare your blessing over their life. Lord, may you just bless and prosper and it give them grace in everything that they do. Lord, thank you for leading and guiding and directing. Give us the insight, the skills, the the, the, the understanding about things that maybe we would not know of if it weren't for them. We thank you, Lord, today that you would grace them with a peaceful day, a wonderful day. May they have a, a great time with family. May they get phone calls maybe they hadn't heard in a while. And, Lord, above all, if there's any testimonies in here like Bonnie and Jim to share, I just pray for any children that are maybe gone astray. <laughs> maybe they're just 
not in the room. They're gone somewhere. They may not even show up today. may not even get a call from them today. I just pray in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, will you just track them down? Will you chase them down? And may you just convict and cover and love them in Jesus' name. God, would you remind them of the strength and the power of their mother? And Lord, would you draw them to yourself, Lord? And I just pray for forgiveness, for mercy, for redemption, and for restoration in Jesus' name. God, may it just transcend anything that's ever happened before, Lord. I just thank you for it. May it just be a great, great time of restoration, Lord. They may not even see it today, but I just pray today it begins. That it begins today in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And everybody said, amen and amen, amen. Well, thank God for mamas. Would you give my hand one more time? Amen. You just remain standing just for a moment before I let you go. Before we go, I just want to make sure I get a chance to pray for you. If you're watching online, maybe on broadcast right now, you're in this room and you don't know Christ. I just want to take a moment to pray for you. I never want to leave church without giving an opportunity. And we'll have prayer members that will be down front, prayer team members they will be down front as soon as we dismiss. And if you need prayer for anything else in your life, they'll be here. They'll be, they would love to pray with you about anything else. But specifically, I want to pray for you uh, in the area of salvation. If you're here and you don't know Christ, I want to lead you in this prayer. If you're watching on broadcast right now, I want to lead you in this prayer. And you say, well, maybe I don't go to a witch doctor, but you don't know that you are saved. You don't have a, an assurance of salvation as the scriptures declare. We have this witness from the Holy Spirit that bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. Listen, you know who your mama is. No one even has to, you know who your mother is. Whether you like it or don't like it, you know who mama is. You know if you are a child of God. If you don't know right now, I want to pray for you, okay? If you're watching on broadcast and you don't know, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. This whole church is going to pray with you right now. Would you bow your heads just pray this with me? Just if you're in this room, just repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life and I give you my heart. Father, I pray that you would forgive and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And I receive Jesus today as my Lord in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church? Give me a hand, would you? Give my hand, would you? That's awesome. So if you're watching on broadcast right now, connect.cornerstonerome.com. If you'll go there and fill out that link for us, we'd love to help you get started walking with Christ. Connect.cornerstonerome.com. Please take the time to do that. Our pastors online will help you with that. And our volunteers will lead you in anything you need. Just fill out that out. We'll get in touch with you, help you in anything you need to follow Christ, become a disciple of Jesus. If you're in this room, you can do the same thing digitally or in the seat back in front of you. There's a little card you can fill out and drop in the offering box on your way out. We would love to just help you get started walking with Christ. And if you're a guest with us in here, maybe you've never been to church before, maybe you're checking out churches, I don't know, you're looking, you think, man, I'm kicking the tires around, I don't know if I like this church or not, I just encourage you to come back, get to know some people. If it's this church, fantastic. If it's not this church, I'll help you find a church because I've got great friends in this city. I just want you to be in a good, healthy church so that you can grow and become who God called you to be. But I'd love to get to know you. If you'll take that connect card, it's in the seat back in front of you, or you can do this online as well. But just let me know today, hey, I'm a guest here. I was checking out the church. I'd love to do some follow-up. Just let us know. We'd love to get back in touch with you and just say thanks for being a part today and see how we can maybe help you get uh, any answers you might need about the church. So before we go, just a reminder, you can give at give.cornerstonerome.com and be charitable in the offering boxes way out the door. I want to say thank you for that because if it weren't for you, everything that they're doing over in Guatemala, we could not partner with them. And... Uh, 
I, they didn't say this, but um, they, so they got some things in their house as they're building. It's a ministry center, and there's some great information out there. As you go out, you can see about what's taking place with the schools that they're going to be building and things like that. It's amazing work. And but what I would love to do is, wouldn't it be great? Is if once we figure this out, I was going to ask you guys earlier about this, but what's left on your ministry on your house? What's left in the ministry center itself? And how much is left on that? But wouldn't it be great, like, you know, there's a lot of things we could do to finish stuff. But wouldn't it be cool as we came alongside, what if we could help them just finish? Like, you know, wouldn't that be cool? I don't know what's left over there. I don't know. But I just feel like, I don't know what it is, but, like, I just felt like, man, listen, I know the gas price up, and they're just kind of scared the, you know, H-E-double hockey sticks out of you in this country. Oh, so, I get it. Things will, it'll work its way out. Don't buy in all this fear. The Lord, if, if the Lord can provide in other times throughout the Bible, he can provide for you too, right? He's still the Lord that provides, Jehovah Jireh. I don't know about you. I'm still trusting in the Lord. He provided for me years ago. He can still provide for me now, right? And so I know you might think, well, man, is, is this really the time to do something like that? Yeah, why not? Why not? Shouldn't you trust God? I mean, you know, I kind of feel like I'm putting Jesus on the spot like Peter did, right? Don't you know the temple tax? What if we just came alongside them and just blessed them and just figured out how to come alongside and help him finish that thing up before the end of the year. Wouldn't that be cool? I don't know. I just think like, I don't know. I'm going to find out from how much it is and I'm going to come back to you and I didn't put you on the hook for it now. So, so I'm thinking we're going to do it. I'm thinking we're going to do it. What do you think? Huh? Yeah? Yeah? You got to be as excited about that as I thought you would be, but I don't know. just feel like we should do that. So anyway, before we go today, hey, let me speak this over you out of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter six, and this is out of chapter six, verse 24. And this is uh, the Lord's blessing of your life. So just receive it, man, if you've been afraid and you're worried about what's happening in the nation, you're worried about next things and what's going to take place, right now, just open your heart and just receive this from the Lord. It's not from me, it's a blessing of the Lord. The scriptures say this, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and may the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you his peace. That is our blessing for you guys. God bless you guys. Have a great Mother's Day. Enjoy your day. Don't... Make let your mom work. You make sure you do everything for her. God bless you guys. You're dismissed. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.